0: Hello, beautiful people. You are listening to the Communal Table Podcast, part of Food & Wine Pro. I am your host, Kat Kinsman, Senior Editor at Food & Wine, and my guest today... I am obsessed with his restaurants. I wish I had like a baseball card collection of, of all of these. They're each special in a different kind of way. I think of him as one of the kings of Chicago, which is uh, no small feat because Chicago's an incredible restaurant town. Um, and I asked for the proper pronunciation before you came here because I've had it. I've heard it said so many times. Yes, welcome, Paul Kahn. <laughs> I I did I I did ask ahead of time because I've heard Kahn. I've heard all these different things, but this... I don't crack
1: people anymore. I don't care. <laughs> mm.
0: Welcome to New York. Yeah, I know,
1: I'm super thrilled to be here.
0: Yeah, so you are here. You have a new cookbook out,
1: Cooking for Good Times.
0: Tell me about your good times.
1: Well, you know, it's it's uh, very loosely based on the cuisine of Vivek, Uh mm. but really, God, I love Vivek. really what it's all about. Yeah, you you and. <laughs> I, I, I'll, be, I'll be sitting and I'll be working at the Publican and I'll go up to a table and check, mm-hmm. check in with them and they'll say, dinner was really great, but we love AVEC.
0: It's hard to get in.
1: And No, it's not. And <laughs> well, that,
0: if you're there during James Beard weekend, <laughs> yeah. it is really hard to get and in. And
1: say, I say, well, I love AVEC too. It's my restaurant. And they say, no, we really love yeah. AVEC. They're kind of zombies a little bit.
0: I have a friend who is a restaurant publicist in Chicago, and he and his uh, boyfriend have the AVEC rule. For restaurants, they'll go once and they're like, "Would I rather eat there or AVEC?" And like, <laughs> the thing is, like, it's always like, "No, mm. we just rather spend that money at a VEC. Yeah, so. well,
1: well AVEC was really based on this seminal experience for me—the first time that I ever went to Europe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, long story, but my wife was in a, a huge motorcycle accident mm-hmm. in France before I met her. Oh wow! And she convalesced. Uh, the guy she was with uh, was from a town in the high Swiss Alps called Geis, and it's literally like. You know, giant snow-capped peaks out your window, a really beautiful place. And our friends live in this 400-year-old farmhouse. So we, we mm-hmm. flew into Switzerland. She picked us up. She opened up a split of champagne in the car. It was an hour drive. By the time we got to the house, um, we were a little little popped up. <laughs> and then we, we sat around. She has a hearth where they cook food in the kitchen. And we sat around the hearth cooking food and drinking. And literally, it was this procession of my wife's greatest friends that she spent months and months with, wow. um, you know, in a past life. And it was like I was like, This is an incredible idea for a restaurant. It was just about friends and wine and I was kind of jet lagged, delirious, kinda of felt That's like I was on an acid best, trip. Though, it was it was those the best meals
0: when you're you're not quite sure what time it is or where you are, you just know good <clears> stuff is afoot. And, there,
1: and and time was not a part of the equation. It was like, Okay, let's cook, let's make uh some gratinade leeks in the oven, let's do this, let's do that. And it was just like the way that I love to eat and Turned into a restaurant, and that's kind of what the book is about. It's about like how to be, how to entertain. How I mean, it's about how to be a successful host, um, which means how to have a lot of fun and how when your guests come over, how to open up a bottle of wine. And you know, the first chapter is food to eat while you're cooking, and that should be the, that. That. <laughs> that should be the extent of, um, you know, the, the hard work. Yeah. You know, people that get those cookbooks and they try to recreate all this crazy shit and it turns yeah. into a nightmare. Um, that's not what it's about.
0: Because you're not a happy host if you're doing that, if you're fussing over too many little things. Like you just, you need to be together. And
1: Yeah, I just want I just want to go to some good parties.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean <laughs> the th- and the thing that struck me too is, you know this is the communal table podcast, like sitting at that communal table uh, at AVEC and I, I kept I, w- I was sitting there with a couple of other people and I kept thinking, why does this guy look so familiar who was sitting uh, nearby and I was like not staring or whatever, and at the end of it, somebody whispered to me, "Oh, that's Tony Goldwyn, who plays the president on Scandal." <laughs> it was like sitting right across from me. I was thinking, like, is he somebody I went to college with? Is it? <laughs> but as I was walking out, I saw a former colleague of mine too. So it's it's a magnet for. A, 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 I will note a former colleague who has great taste in restaurants. So nice. Um, I ended up actually writing about that meal. Uh, now that I think about it, I did one of those Grub Street diaries for mm-hmm. a New York magazine, and I remember I was there with um, Marion uh, Bull, uh, who, food writer, and Matt Taylor Gross, who was at Sever as a photographer at that time. And I remember we were ordering it, and they called our order aggressive, <laughs> and but we were like, we're not going to stop. We, I think, we got everything. It was, I, I just wobbled out of there feeling like full and happy on all different kinds of levels.
1: Yeah, uh, that, that's that's great. You know, I, I've wandered through there and seen like. Like a cat like Bobby Flayson at the counter and I sit down with him and I've known mm. him for a long time. And you know, I I I'm a humble guy. I'm like, What what are you doing in here? And he's like, I love this place. <laughs> and I'm like, Well, that makes me feel really great. Thank yeah. you.
0: Well, the, okay, I wanna talk through you have a lot of restaurants and uh-huh. they each have vastly different feels. So could you go through the laundry list of the restaurants? Sure.
1: The first one is Blackboard, it's twenty three. Uh, is I'm gonna get, I'm, I am going to get i do not even I probably <laughs> won't get it right, but AvAC is 16, 15 or 16 now. And then it gets a little confusing for me. Right. Um, I think my business partners and I'm involved, we opened up the Violet Hour, oh, our, yeah. our cocktail uh, bar. Place. And then the Publican, and then Big Star, <sighs> and then Publican Quality Meats maybe, and then subsequently after that, Publican Quality Bread, and then... Um, Jeez, uh, I I don't even know anymore. Um, We we have Café is our newest. It's sort of a French neo-bistro, seafood neo-bistro. It's really cool. Um, What did I miss? Um, Anyways, um, I'm sure I missed something and I'm going to get yelled at. Uh, But there's 11.
0: Wait, is Dove's yours? Oh, yeah, Dove's
1: Luncheonette. Sorry.
0: (laughs) So I've been to all of those up through Butcher, and I have been to Dove's. And it's weird because I I keep thinking, like, as you mentioned, each one of those, I have an emotional moment that happened at each one of those. I'm thinking Blackbird, the first time I went there, I was in town. We were – I I was working at CNN at the time and we would do these secret suppers and we would invite people – and not tell them exactly what was happening, just be ready for dinner one night and not who was cooking or anything. And we threw one at Hamaro Kantu's place. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he actually he ended up having like hot dog uh, in there and Mindy Siegel and Matt Merges uh, cooking oh, that's as cool. well. And it was such a beautiful like, Chicago experience. And I was in town for another uh, day or two. And I ended up getting to go to Blackbird. And it was just I was there with colleagues. I was calm because we were done with our mission, and it was just it was such a beautiful experience expression of hospitality yeah oh, yeah and then i went to alinea later in that uh in that visit too so i'm like dang chicago what's up this is a nice. fantastic thing and it was it was just a really special thing and it felt like a quieter energy than some of the other places and you said it and that was the first one right yeah
1: I, you know recently i've had a couple uh chefs important guys young men in chicago in this case young men that have both pulled me aside and said you know i'm cooking in Chicago because of you. Yeah. I'm like, holy mackerel, that's that's a lot to swallow. I mean, it made me feel great, um, a little uneasy, but um, they just said, you know, I, I came to Blackboard and just had this amazing experience, and um, I wanted to cook in Chicago, or it made me want to cook the way that I do, and boy, that's just... I, I can go to sleep right now.
0: I want to see the family tree of this place too, and actually, out of your whole uh, group, because yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of like all the fantastic people who have come out of it. I, oh, Dana Cree.
1: Oh my God! Uh, what, have you been to Pretty Cool?
0: I I so I can't eat ice cream these oh. days. I have a gut thing, but I love and admire her, and she's actually the neighbor of a, of a friend of mine. And so I've gotten to like meet the little baby, and like and and walk by Pretty Cool, and it's and it is pretty cool. Have you met her dog? I have heard about the dog. <laughs> corgi. <laughs> I have a friend who stalks her dog. Actually,
1: if I were if I were a dog, I'd be a corgi.
0: I mean, it. They seem to like they, they belong to royalty. They are they're low riders. They. Seem I just to... have
1: really short legs. But...
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she does. She does such tremendous. Uh, ice cream work. And I think it's such a special thing. And I know when she was experimenting with some things at Dove, she uh, at Dove's, like she had a late night ice cream party there. But also I had an emotional moment at um, nice. Big Star. I've been there um, a bunch of times sort of after James Beard parties and stuff and get to really celebrate uh, with people. I was there actually after the loss of Josh Zersky and so I was mourning mm-hmm. there as well. And um, But we're gonna get to Publican yeah, right yeah. now because I'm gonna tell you why that is my heaven and hell restaurant. Okay. <laughs> um, the food. I'll, I'll just note up front: the food is amazing. Um, I think of that chicken that is that is there, and it's a tremendous thing. I have such a. So I was diagnosed last year with ADHD, and I don't do well in crowded, busy spaces. Yeah, me either. Yeah. So <laughs> those central tables, like my, I the way I process information around me. If I see bodies and things like that, I my brain starts to spark and shut down. But around the edges, can we explain? The, the, the seats around the edges with the little doors. Yeah,
1: people, people call them pig pens, which they're, they're really not. They, you know, to research that restaurant, yeah. myself and my wife, Mary, and our architect, my great friend Thomas Schlescher and his wife, Claire, um, they work together. They're based out of New York City. They probably have designed a lot of restaurants you've been. They've designed um, all but one of our restaurants. Um, I, think, I think he's won four or five James Beard Awards oh, wow. for design. Blackbird, Evac, Publican, all won design awards. But those were based on um, uh, like pubs in, in, in Belgium um, where back in the old days they had a separate seating area for women and men. Oh, wow. They were segregated. Okay. And um, we just thought the aesthetic was really cool. We didn't want to segregate anyone. And some people like the, the pens. Some people hate them. They actually have swinging doors. So you get in and close the doors and they're enclosed. Um, they're made out of uh, American walnut. They're real pretty and real nicely worn.
0: I feel um, I feel so safe in them. I know that's good. such a silly thing to say, but once the door is shut on one of those and you can it's, it's not like you can't see out of the top or anything like that. It's probably is it like shoulder height or something like that when you're sitting down. Yeah. And it, it it's it's being public and private at the same time and you don't have to worry about really anything and food, you know, food comes to you in this and it, it feels so tucked in and safe and it was, nice. and just my like serotonin levels are really good <laughs> when I'm in there and, and I'm sort of looking over at the communal things and thinking like, it, it's just such this polarity for me. Um, I the,
1: mean, the the big tables were inspired by the Last Supper that the, <laughs> in, the image of all those dudes sitting at the big table yeah. was where that kind of came from. And
0: I ha- actually, I have sat at the big table and that sitting at the big tables is fine. It's those stand-up tables that I'm like, ah. yeah. but I have, I've had some really great communal meals at those, uh, th- those, those bigger tables as, as well. And I think those are really great. But the thing that I, that I know when I go there, it's a place that chefs want to go to yeah. and that's got to feel really, really good. Um, there's a dish I keep thinking of is it's like a roast chicken and fries, right?
1: Yeah. That, that was inspired from, a uh, my business partner, Donnie and I went to, went to eat in Montreal mm-hmm. and we went to one of these Puri Puri chicken shacks. Mm. It was Written up in a no uh, a food magazine that no longer exists, and uh, I think it was in Gourmet. Uh, I was assuming yeah. And we and we went we went there and we sat at the counter and I was like, man, this is good and I think I can do it better. <laughs> um, we asked the guy what what was in it and he said if I if I told you I'd have to kill you. And of course he was smoking a cigarette and grilling chickens at the same time. <laughs> so a little bit of ash. It was that that kind of place, uh, but there. Uh, I mean, we, we kind of define the ingredients that we want to work with at the Mm -hmm. public and a big one. We just were in love with espalette pepper when we Uh, opened that restaurant and it's, it's a magical ingredient. And so, you know, olive oil, garlic, lemon, um, I mean, that's what defines that restaurant. Maybe that's why chefs want to eat there. Mm -hmm. It's like the cooking for good times is I think a cookbook based on what chefs want to eat and not what they want to necessarily cook at their restaurants. I hope. Um, and, and we try to just cook real good, honest food at the public and, you know, using really, really great ingredients. Like mm-hmm. I would put, um, our ingredients on par with, uh, or, or better than honestly any restaurant in the country. And it, the, there's a few that are, you know, have their own farms and such, mm-hmm. but we, you know, spend the prime dollar bringing ingredients from, you know, Monterey Bay seafood and from, we, we, we eliminate the middleman. We get super special stuff, super fresh and try not to do a lot to it. Yeah. Um, and so ultimately I just think it's, it's, very flavorful, delicious food, um, but not pretentious, I
0: hope. It's, it's so shareable, too. I feel like I can get my hands in there mm-hmm. <laughs> when, yeah. I, when I go there and get greasy. And it's a, it, and it's awesome. a really beautiful thing. It's just... I'm just so struck by the emotional differences between each kind of experience. And yeah. you go into these with a long-time partner. <clears throat> so can we I'm always so fascinated by um, long partnerships in the restaurant industry. Yeah. So talk through, if you don't mind, how that all came together.
1: How I met my partner, Donnie? Yeah. Um, you know, I was the chef at a restaurant. One of my mentors, his name was Erwin Dreschler. And... Um, I actually left. I worked for Rick Bayless for a long stint, um, and left that kitchen because ultimately I didn't want to cook Mexican food mm-hmm. anymore. I love Mexican food, um, yeah. but I felt like it was cheating. It's so easy to make it so delicious. Um, it's good stuff. Chilies, you know, all the whatever.
0: The palette of of, of spices that you can use is yeah. so varied and beautiful. Yeah.
1: It's great food. Amazing food. Um, you know that R- Rene Redzepi is embracing Mexican cook now tells you how how cool Mexican yeah. food is. Good um, God, it's
0: such a good such a good cuisine. Yeah,
1: but that being said, um, Donnie was a regular customer mm-hmm. at the restaurant I worked at, and he, you know, was looking around the the West Loop in Chicago for a, a property he wanted to open a restaurant. He really came from a club background. Oh, I um, didn't
0: know that. What was he involved in before that?
1: Um, he he just worked at worked at clubs china club and
0: oh wow the funky buddha lounge
1: and he like was a door guy and... was he
0: a new york guy no chicago oh, cause, oh th- i didn't know there was one there in was a china Chi-
1: club in chicago yeah. oh
0: yeah the one uh, here i think closed recently
1: I think the one in chicago closed a long time ago <laughs> but anyways he wanted to get out of that racket and yeah. open up a restaurant um and i think i ended up we ended up partnering because i was willing to work for nothing yeah, that's um, how it happens. Sometimes. It was a, it was a time in my life where my wife um, was in non for profit healthcare, mm-hmm. and she had just gotten her master's and got a really high powered, you know, six figure job, and she's like, "Go for it, do that's what you want." Awesome. Yeah, and I I left um, that job, and I actually rode freight trains around the country for about a month.
0: Wait, okay, back up. <laughs>
1: it, it was my I met a, I met a guy in college. We were we were winter camping, and he asked me. He okay. goes. Because you want to go freight hopping with me this summer? I do it all the time. <laughs> and I said, absolutely. And so I, I did it with um, this guy, Bill, three times. Oh,
0: wait. Okay. All so, over the country. So what were your trajectories for, for this?
1: Uh, the first trip was from <laughs> Chicago to Minneapolis through the Northern Rockies. Um, uh, we got uh, kicked off in Spokane, Washington.
0: Okay. So do you really, like you see in the movies, like run and hop on a train?
1: You do. It depends. I, there was one point <laughs> where, and we had backpacks. There was one point where my buddies were in the car. And I was running to catch up, and literally f- fell to my knees with a forty-pound backpack on my back, oh. on those giant rocks that are yeah. next to railroad tracks. And I, I still made it. They were getting ready to jump off, but I made it.
0: Oh my gosh! Okay, so what kind of footwear do you wear for this? Like, and do you have? Okay, I was picturing like with the stick and the bundle.
1: <laughs> no stick and no bundle. I think I was wearing a um, Adidas. Uh, what were the the green and white ones yeah. with the, the the rubber that wrapped around the, the front? Shell toes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe they're called the cross country. I you
0: think you and uh, Run DMC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, anyways, um, so I met Donnie there, and and we we uh, there was a coffee shop that I that I loved, and I, I said, hey, let's let's meet there. And um, he had a partner, um, a business part, former business partner of mine. He actually passed away last year, Rick Oh, D'Armit, I'm so sorry. Sadly. Yeah. Um, but the three of us met there, and I remember I rode my bike. It was winter. <laughs> Um, It's just my M.O.
0: And that's no joke in Chicago. Yeah, and,
1: and, and I saw this old Pontiac Sunbird driving around looking for a parking spot. I thought, hmm, it doesn't seem like the car that dude would drive. And then he got out and was wearing probably the most, I don't know if you've ever met my partner, Donnie, but he is so dapper. one of the most stylish men in America. And Truly. he was he got out of the this silver or gold Pontiac Sunbird, which was his mom's car, because he was selling everything that he owned in order to open up this restaurant. Oh, my goodness. Um, but, of course, he had a beautiful suit on. And then um, I watched this uh, 1967 banana yellow... <laughs> Buick Wildcat cruising around the neighborhood with literally a greaser behind the wheel, black hair, swept back, wrapped around sunglasses, smoking a cigarette. And I'm like, this better not be the other guy. And of course <laughs> that was the other guy. And that, <laughs> that's where our partnership started. Oh um, and I think at the end of that meeting I said, okay, I'll go into partnership with you guys, but I'm not going to hang out with you. <laughs> uh, which is a line that will, you know, go to, goes down in history because, oh my God. um, Donnie and I are 23 years in, almost 24 years in. Um, but I think to address your question of um, ha- how, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you know, it's interesting because we formed a new partnership with uh, two young men, incredibly talented, mm-hmm. Erling Wubauer and Josh Childen. They opened up oh yes. uh, Pacific Standard Time mm-hmm. and um, a rooftop called The Laurel Room. And they are our new partners. And their company is called Underscore. Ours is called One Off. And... I, I often find myself telling them when we're in discussions, um, you know, there were times where Donnie had to talk me off the cliff, um, where I was so ready to quit, mm-hmm. um, you know, something that's long lasting and, and uh, has a really high level of trust. I, I said, you know what, think about the relationship with your wife. Yes. Think about, it's, it's no different. I mean, I've been with my wife, I think, 36 years. Wow. And um, there are good times and there are bad times. Yeah. And, there, and and you have to... It's all
0: a, It's an arc. Yeah. It, or actually, it's a roller coaster. It's a, it's a something, but it's... it's and you uh, learn
1: and you mature and you learn lessons and you, you go to therapy and you mm-hmm. you figure it out. And so we're we're learning a lot, you know, and, and we're not perfect and they're not perfect. And um, we just have to continue to work through issues and be open and communicate at a really high level, which is impossible. You have to continually push, communicate, communicate, communicate. Uh, everything that you do and and see that might relate to our our lives over here at this other restaurant, make sure you tell us about it. Make sure you share that with us. And so, um, you know, it, it's been with, with Donnie, it's been interesting. You know, he's, he's, uh, you know, chef, everyone wants to hear about the chef and every, you know, the idea is the chef. It's Paul, they're Paul Kahn's restaurants. And it, it took a really long, and I, I just answer people's questions, but mm-hmm. he taught me that we're a partnership and we do these things together. Uh, no single individual is greater than the sum of the parts um, that, that, please mention me because it's important to me yes and knowing that it's important to him um i started to make an effort and make even a greater effort and he's he wants um he he thrives on the attention mm-hmm. I, i'm the opposite I, I i'd rather crawl into a cave um and so <laughs> it's always been this this huge conundrum for me but it's just you know getting to know him better getting to know what's important to him um, you know, he just put on the welcome conference in Chicago with. Oh
0: yes, we did a. Uh, we are continuing to do a bunch of coverage about it because I think it's such a fantastic thing. I love hearing about how people operate front of house and also behind the scenes. To me, it's gotten short shrift. Yeah, uh, hospitality definitely has, but yeah, with all your restaurants, it's the food and it's the feeling of of the whole thing. It's awesome. so important. Thank you.
1: Yeah. So, anyways, it, it's it's a relationship that continues to grow every day and. I don't agree with um, a lot of things he says and does and we, we, we talk about him, or, or we don't. Or I, I realize it's just not not necessary to talk about it. I'm mm-hmm. going to let him go with that. Mm-hmm. It's all good. It's it's establishing that high level of trust. It, it's no different than, like I said, I, I really equate it to um, my my relationship with my wife and how hard you have to work at it in order for it to be good. That's really it.
0: I I've heard that um, analogy so many times from people with these long-standing uh, restaurant partnerships because you probably spend more time. I mean, like in in some of these restaurants, but you spend more time with the partner. Yeah. Of it. I had Mashama um, Bailey and um, and Morisano in here, and they were you know talking through you know, their relationship with the Gray and uh, and and the new place that they've opened, and they were saying they you know they basically had to learn how to fight productively it's such that's, an that's, interesting thing that's right on
1: yeah I, I call it oftentimes i call it wrestler mentality you know i was a, a grappler from the time i was like seven really? all the way to college you know a competitive wrestler and i learned a lot of lessons from it but mostly i learned like you get cracked in the head and you see stars and you're lying on the ground you just got to get up and just keep pushing forward and you know i think about food that way you know i, I don't profess to be this uh wizard of cuisine uh, I, I have i think passionate ideas of how food should taste, and I think, I think I'm think i a soulful cook. Mm-hmm. But I try something, if it doesn't work, I try it again, and I try it 50 times until I think it's really good.
0: Are you allowed in your relationship uh, to give feedback on the other parts? Do you come in in front of the house? Does he come in on the food? Or do you sort of divide and conquer? How's that go? There was
1: a period there where I was <laughs> like, well, if you're going to talk about that, I'm going to talk about that. <laughs> well, they didn't like that dish. Well, you yeah. think the service was bad. Um, we're we're th- There are no boundaries at this point. Yeah, um, I, I think I... Um, I'll jump on the floor and uh, motivate and, you know, for me mostly it's like just be as nice as you can and, and, you know, let them know that you love what you're doing, and you're excited to to have them in in our home, basically. Yeah. And and I think I do a good job conveying that. Mm-hmm. Um. And and Donnie really he loves to get back when we're doing events and and, and plate food and we, we oh. yeah it's not it's not a problem at this point.
0: That's really really nice. And and to take the relationship metaphor a little bit further, do you fight in front of the kids? Like, it, it, do are, it, when you do have conflict or differences of opinion, whatever it is, do you express that in front of other team members, or is that a thing that's done in in private?
1: Um, there, 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 in the early days, yeah. uh, there were holes in doors, broken <laughs> chairs, you, you name it. Right. Um, we, we, we've matured and, um, we, we do disagree. Um, you know, we have meetings with 10 people in a room and, um, I think we, we openly, um, we, we, we know how to, how to criticize, um, creatively, um positively at this point in our relationship.
0: It's uh, it's so important and it's such good behavior to model in front of other people now cuz you know I I'm also so fascinated in mentorship and how torches get get passed down and you know and uh, there is this incredible generation of, of cooks coming up. And it, yeah. it's it's funny. I think you and I probably aren't that far off in age. And I think we're sort of in the middle of this stuff where there are people who are our mentors.
1: I think I'm older than you think.
0: I'm 47.
1: I got you by 10 years. Okay. You <laughs> must moisturize or something. Like, moisturize. It's key. It's really important. <laughs> but
0: I'm, I'm always so interested in the people who are, you know, Relevant, been doing it a long time, still relevant, but still look to the, the sort of the people, um, you know, we're doing this thing at, thing at Food Mind where we're looking at this generation of chefs who are in their 60s and 70s and stuff yep. and still kicking it. And then the people who are sort of coming next. But um, there's there's something that each generation learns. And it feels like now a lot of the rules are being rewritten about people's interaction. Love it. Because we, I mean, we really did uh, hit a point over the last few years where a lot of things became unacceptable. Um, yep. you know. Know, I, we were talking before we got on mic um that i have and i think by the time this comes out this will be public due to a big profile of rocco dispirito who was in your best new chefs class and we were talking through that's class of, ever it's such a good <laughs> class sorry, sorry, it sorry, really sorry. is such a great sorry. class it was it was great we actually had him come in for this mentorship lunch that we did with the 2019 class and mm-hmm. it was really cool because we had a, a 1999 uh person a 2009 person and then this 2019 class who were all sitting there like deer in the headlights it was kind of wonderful to see that happen but we were talking about how those things have changed because he you know he was somebody who I would hear of him as a yeller and all this kind of stuff and you see him now and he's just kind of he's chill he's yeah. he knows who he is and what he's doing but he had to go through this reckoning of you know that change like you can't just yell at people anymore you definitely other kind of things how have you seen this kitchen culture change and what have you had to adapt in your restaurants
1: yeah, I mean I, I think I want to I want to start with um t- that answer and we'll we'll loop around yeah. to it but I think I want to start it with humility yeah um being for me the most important um, part of, of me as a person mm-hmm. and, and as a chef and as a, a, a restaurateur. Mm-hmm. Um I, I feel like so many people let their egos get the best of them. They get they just it's just out of control. And for me, um I, I try to you know, balance in life is super important. Mm-hmm. Um I, I like music as much as I like food Oh, we're gonna uh, I, like, about that. <laughs> I like I, I like my wife more than the, the the two previous um uh you know i i love to fish and I, I we we i love modern design and there are so many things that i'm really enthusiastic about but but um that balance and and humility and and you know figuring out what's right for our businesses and mm-hmm. and for me and for my partners um has been really important um but but that being said um I lost track of the question, sorry. <laughs> oh, but I'm the change idiot. in
0: culture. no change the change in culture. Yeah, so so
1: so that being said, I I feel like I I've always you know, the culture of our kitchens like and we're not perfect, you know, um we have twelve hundred employees now and um things things go wrong. People make mistakes, but the the culture does come from the top. And my example has always been um, you know, a, a quiet leader, um, mm-hmm. you know, motivate with with positive energy and, and through teaching, um, you know, no sexism, racism, uh, any ism allowed at all in mm-hmm. our kitchen, in our company period. Um, you know, we have a zero, to- we've always had a zero tolerance policy and we, we've had our me too issues and we, we react swiftly mm-hmm. and, uh, for, for the, the safety and for the sake of everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we feel like we've really, um, Set the bar, um, as as to how a large group can can deal with issues. Yeah, because
0: I actually reached out to all of you when a bunch of stuff was was breaking um, because you had had an incident there. Mm-hmm. And but I, I reached out and uh, got a, the thing. I was actually really happy about it. Like I got immediate response from that. And and here is our employee uh, handbook. Here here are our guides and stuff. And here's how we're dealing with this situation. And there was pretty swift. Um, uh, resolution to to things too, but I re- super swift. Yeah, and and I was really heartened to see that because it you know it was right when a whole lot of stuff was happening around yeah. the country. Shit was hitting the fan. Really was, and I I think it will continue to um, yeah, also I, around the country. I, I,
1: I would agree, but again, I I feel like um you know I think. All those things, you know, male, female, whatever. I think all that haywire, all that crap that has happened for so long. In kitchens, a lot of it is ego. A mm-hmm. lot of it is substance abuse. Yeah. Um And on and on and on. And and that's not our culture. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I like to have a, a a cold beer as much as the next guy, mm-hmm. or you know, whatever. Um. But but professionally, you know. Yeah. Lead like a professional, and um, and and I think humility is is a really big part of that. I just, you know, I I. I see you know when I'm running around town with uh, mr X miss Y and Mr. Z all really incredible chefs that are mm-hmm. recognized by people on the street um it's interesting to see different people react differently I mean yeah. some people they just <laughs> they just light up and they just have this mm-hmm. you could see that they live for that other people are 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 incredibly hospitable and they deal with it and um they deal with it well and other uh, other people are are, are monsters. Um, yeah, and and and, um, and I just sort of, I'm just a, an observer <laughs> in the back. And I, I, I think all those different personality types and all that crap over the years yeah. has sort of led us to the road where we're at in our business now.
0: Well, again, looking at that class that you came from and doing this interview with Rocco, he was talking about the sort of crucible of the late 90s early 2000s and this was especially in new york cooking but everybody realizing you know to get butts and seats there's so much competition so you do have to go out or you know a lot of people thought like i do have to go out and be in the gossip things i have to do you know early reality television i have to do all of these other things and some people took that route and other people were like yeah no not uh, for me, and it's been really interesting to see who has been shaped, who has been warped, who has opted out of that. And, and yeah, remained... that
1: that kitchen in, in in that era was like a rough, oh. like you know. There's still this uh, there, this kitchen culture, and I don't know if it's uh, correct politically, uh, morally, but there are these negative kitchens out there where yeah. they, they 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 sort of survive on fear. Yeah, and a lot of the real you know the real high end kitchens are just all about like guys you know people mess with the other their mise en place they hide stuff they make it hard on people within their own team oh, that's it, to, and to me i've always been like that is just the most inane nonsense ever mm-hmm. we're all here to work together to do something great to have a lot of fun mm-hmm. um isn't that what it's all about Yeah. um i mean i don't have nor do i want three michelin stars mm-hmm. um
0: guess too much pressure oh um, ah. yeah come on man it seems awful like, yeah, really? and
1: I, I know there's people out there that are saying, "Well, if you could get three Michelin stars, he'd would want them." I really don't. <laughs>
0: well, the thing is, like, <laughs> I you know I've been lucky enough to like eat at a lot of Michelin star places and stuff, and I was thinking, do I want to be back at AVEC? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the fact that like you know that's that's a benchmark for so many friends of mine. Like, where, what, where do I want to be spending my my time and money? Ah, AVEC, and I and I think of, I you mean, know, it's weird. It is such a palpable feeling of being at Publican in that shut little. Yep. booth there or on the patio at Big Star. Yeah. Um, having some uh, having a margarita and Oof. some guacamole <laughs> out there. Yeah. It's uh you know, there's 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 tremendous comfort to that. And like you can't star that. You know, it's you can't star a feeling, I guess. Yeah, the
1: when the Michelin guide was first the first year it was in Chicago, which by the way, mm-hmm. Blackboard I, I have we have eight Michelin stars. Eight oh, years in a row, one wow. each year. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. We don't have three. We have eight, man. Um, Does
0: it still have a Michelin star?
1: Oh, yeah. That's amazing. And, and I said to the, the inspector, whoever it was, when they called me this year on the phone, every year I've been like, yeah, 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 whatever. Mm-hmm. Thanks a lot. Bye. Have a good day. <laughs> this year I was like, you know, I'm really proud that we've gotten eight. Every year that they've been in Chicago, mm-hmm. we've gotten a star. And to be honest, we really don't want two. Because two stars is the kiss of death in Chicago.
0: Really, is that a thing? <laughs> it, it, it
1: has been. I think. I think we may have moved past that. But for for many years, every place that got two stars closed, and that's Whoa. there's a long line of them. Oh golly! It's sort of that. Like you can go there, and it's reasonable and accessible. To it no longer is, uh, but it's not a linea. It's not three stars. Mm-hmm. Um, but that 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 being said. Um, um, yeah i don't know where i'm going um, Another <laughs> no michelin end. stars for you <laughs> <laughs> no michelin stars for you just, just the just the
0: blackbird ones too but I, th- I think it's interesting to find out the goals of uh for why people are in the business some people really want that michelin star did you see that god-awful movie with bradley cooper i did oh god i'm going for the third like first of all you it, that's not how it works yeah. and second of all like that god that was an embarrassing movie yeah
1: there's i know i'm gonna get in trouble but that just makes me not want to hang out with restaurant people even <laughs> more than that movie
0: so we, so we, we were talking about this about the balance of it and uh and, and maintaining that you were saying you know 23 years ago or 24 years ago you're saying like you know i'll go into business with you but i won't hang out with you yeah you have a whole other life big time yeah talk to me about that you said music's a big part of it
1: uh well you know the the Music's always been a huge part of my life. I mean when I was a kid I was a wrestler and I, I built um uh, amplifier and preamplifier kits and um was big into collecting records from a very early age. And I think I I think I Jonathan Waxman just asked me how many oh, records yeah. I have and I think I, I probably have I'm starting to sell back, but I think I have about eight thousand records now. Whoa. Um and across all genres, okay. you know, I like classical music. Um, I'll go to the symphony or the symphony occasionally, but I, I'm not a huge classical fan. Mm-hmm. But really deep into jazz, um, mm-hmm. uh, really deep into pretty much all alternative rock. Like I'm really bummed out that um, for the new cookbook, one of the, the blurbs that someone wrote i think we ended up with michael simon and christina tosi mm-hmm. um as the blurbs that the editor kept but the two that i was most excited about one was georgia from yola tango <gasps> oh my god and she wrote a wonderful they're they're insane food people like the first time they came in the publican i was like oh. i have seen you guys like 30 times so far in my life yeah. And you guys can order the whole menu and you're not paying. It was like such oh a seminal love, moment for me.
0: Love them. And I was actually, I had autumn sweater going through my head recently because we've moved into autumn sweater season.
1: Nice. Um, and then the other one was uh, Andy Ricker. Um, I wanted, he's, I don't know if you know this about Andy. No. I mean, number one, if you haven't had him on here, you should because he's. He's so smart. A spectacular human being. Yes. True. Him, and I, him and I went. We went on a mandate a few years ago. Mm-hmm. We had like known each other, and he's like, "I'm coming to Chicago. You know, let's get some dinner. Let's get a beer." And we 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 went to this place called Kimski, which is a a Polish. It's a fusion place. It's mm-hmm. Polish and I, I can't figure it <laughs> out, but Thai or no, I, don't, I don't I don't I don't know. But yeah. regardless, uh, we talked about food for like five minutes. Yeah. And then he said, "Can I show you some pictures of my cats?" <laughs> He's a huge cat person. <laughs> oh my god! And, Did he have good cats? Uh, Polish and Korean. Um,
0: okay. Oh, wow! Imagining dumplings is the first yeah. place my my head goes. Yeah, Kimsky.
1: Um, he he oh, has that, oh, that good cats, so and he loves he loves his cats. And so, um, the editor of my cookbook works with Andy as well, and she's like, "Why don't you have Andy do a blurb through the eyes of his cat?" And so Andy oh, wrote this me? Amazing. book blurb. I should. Do them as outtakes somewhere, because they were both really I great, but they didn't end up on the book. But blah, blah, blah. Um, not one to hang out. Oh, music. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, you know the for the early part of my career, part of my survival was I'd cook like a fiend, and then I'd shoot out to a rock show, meet yeah. my buddies, you know, drink a couple beers, watch the show, and it was just an incredible
0: escape. It's such a good music city, too, because like, Wax Trax is there, and, yep. and that they put out so much of the music that I started listening to in college and still really, really love all the industrial stuff. makes yep. me really happy. Yep.
1: For, 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 for like the really formative part of my career, uh, the place to go was called Lounge Axe. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, the woman that owned Lounge Axe is married to Jeff Tweedy, Oh um, wow. Yeah. And um just saw <sighs> saw everyone and every band yeah. there and it's probably I think Lounge X probably held about maybe two hundred mm-hmm. or two hundred and fifty people. Um and, and and that was what I did. And I I got to the point where I it's like a lesson that I give cooks. I'm like, hey, when the last plate of the night goes out I used to just wipe the top of my station down with a rag, and I was out. Yeah. And it was because I wanted to get out to the rock show. So I was organized enough. Everything was already wrapped, put away, ready to go, and I just shot out the door.
0: I've been to two shows in the last week, and and, uh, going out, it just makes me realize, like, I need to go out even more. I saw saw Orville Peck, who... Ah, he just kills me. It's sort of like alternative punk rock country music, and awesome. Perfect. he wears a mask and nobody knows his real identity. Ah. Well, I mean, they figured it out, but he was like in all these punk bands in Canada, but sings like Roy Orbison It's uh-huh. amazing. And then uh, I saw the Max Richter Orchestra over the awesome. weekend too, and it was just like, I have to remember to do this and buy tickets for stuff, and then once I've spent the money, I have to show up. So,
1: yeah, I mean, you know, at, at this point. Um... The, that evil three-letter word, old, slows me down a little bit with, with oh, shows, the knees, just just everything. It's like really they come they come on at eleven thirty. Oh, I want to be sleeping by then. It's so exhausting. Um, so I've, I've turned to you know other things that I'm really passionate about, fishing. Yeah. Um, our, our our home up uh, north in northern Wisconsin is. I just spend like most of my waking hours thinking about how beautiful it is, yeah. uh, how peaceful it is, how I love to cook there more than anything. I love mm. to you know and I've. But my my new hobby is Japanese food. Um, really? What yeah, are you the, making? Um, well, the the house is um, a, a late prairie school house in the middle of these really, in, in the middle of the Ottawa National Forest. It was some guy's vision and he built it. And so it really has a very sort of Scandi Japanese feel to it. Oh, wow. It's in the new book a lot. That was my ploy. I'll do this book <laughs> so I can go up there and cook. Right. Um, and so I've got... Danabi's and, I mean, the the simplest, easy easy thing is our hot pots. Um, We make a ton of hot pots, but the foraging is incredible. There's, you know, more ramps than you could ever get your hands on. Oh, wow. Crazy wild mushrooms. And so, you know, dumpling, just everything. Uh, Just about every Japanese cookbook I can get, um, I'm, I'm ripping through and making, you know, just bring tons of supplies up there and just cook Japanese meals for for our friends,
0: that's so. Do you like cooking on when you're not at the restaurant? Do you mind cooking for? I friends? actually love it. That's you know, kind of great.
1: That that uh, focus that as a chef in a restaurant, mm-hmm. you rarely get to stand in front of your station or a cutting board and focus on an entire meal for you know three four hours in the afternoon, set everything up, and then finish the meal is like I'm like oh, I know why I love cooking so much. <laughs> um, I don't get to do this often enough.
0: That's really really nice, and you get to feed people you love, which yeah. is a really huge thing because it's i talked to some chefs they're like last thing i want to do is 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 cook like on my day off and but if they're cooking for friends it's yeah. a it's a totally different matter and like do you cook for so you're saying you don't hang out with all the other chefs and stuff but when chefs cook for each other i kind of love that Yep. because there's both a casual thing to it but then and also the sort of like you know i have to do it
1: well i, I, I the, the only chefs that i've had up there um uh, I mentioned Jonathan Waxman, who's yeah. a great friend of mine. Talk and, about
0: another good chicken uh, cooker. <laughs> and,
1: and mentor. Yeah. Him and his son came up and had a, we had a ball. Yeah. And, you know, everyone, I've done many events with him and I've eaten at Barbudo many times. Mm-hmm. And um, I think he's an incredible chef. And mm-hmm. when we were cooking up in the woods, I was like, man, I, I know why this guy's a legend. He can <laughs> really he can really cook. Oh, man. Um, and then Ryan Pfeiffer, who's the executive chef now, the first non chef cuisine he's we we made him the executive chef at Blackbird because mm. he's a real visionary um he came up um this summer and um we cooked and we had a ball he he loves Japanese food as well, so we collaborated on a Japanese meal it was oh, super duper fun
0: fly on the wall kind of stuff that how would about be it so amazing um but because the particular, you know, time that you, that you started out in the kitchen and stuff, I, I want to talk through this because I'm sure that you've you've seen a lot of of this. Um, there have been a lot of losses. Uh-huh. There have been a lot of chefs who didn't make it through. Um, that we've all seen chefs who maybe have gone down a bad path and uh, you know, some people have been able to course correct, some people have not, some people have lost their lives and stuff. When you see that happening um, with somebody, whether they're in your employer or somebody who is a, a peer to you or something mm-hmm. like that, how do you address that? How do you take care of it? Um, if it is somebody who's working for you and you're worried about um, just how they are, how they're doing, how do you address that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think I've been asked the question by young chefs probably a thousand times how have you done it this long how are you happy yeah Uh, because you you get pushed on in a lot of different directions I mean I I I love to say to you know when I when I get that conversation when I have that conversation with like a key player in one of our kitchens where they say hey Paul can we uh can we meet up for coffee I want to talk to you (laughs) yeah you know you know it's over um and 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 they say you know I've and they, all, and they all say, I, I, I want to open my own restaurant. It's my dream. And, and, and I encourage That's awesome, that.
0: awesome, actually. I think if they can come to you and say that, like, I, it's I, beautiful. I, I
1: encourage that and and support them through the process. But but I, I do often say when I hear that the first time, you know, it's like an interview question. You know, what's one of your goals? And I, I say, be careful what you wish for because mm-hmm. um, it's good and it's bad. It's really hard and it's not for everyone. Um, but, but that being said... Um, you know, nine times out of ten, I mean, the answer is, and we we, we touched on earlier, it's balance. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can't. Uh, I mean, number one, at a certain point, I, I love referencing the line in the Deer Hunter, mm-hmm. where the guys go in the bar. You know, they're at the wedding, and they go in the bar, and the Green Berets sit at the bar, and he's got a shot in front of him, and they're like, "Who is it?" De Niro, um, Christopher Walken, and I, I always forget the name of the third actor, but mm-hmm. they're 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 incredible, and they're like. They're like all drunk. They're wearing their tuxedos. Their ties are messed up. And they're like, you are Nam, man. Fucking A, tell us about Nam. And the guy just sort of looks over and he goes, fuck it. Like that. And, then, and they're like, what, what, what? And, and, and then he does it again. And I, I, that's like one of my things that I go to. It's like sometimes you just got to say you can't control everything. Fuck it. Yeah. you gotta let it go you gotta breathe it out and and I, I also love to say that one of my strongest weapons is denial um <laughs>
0: what is oh, so what does that mean to you? <laughs> it
1: just it just means like like sometimes you just have to be like I, I don't see it. I don't care about it. You just have to to wash it out of your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, the yogic thing, like breathe in really positive uh, and, and breathe out really negative. Because mm-hmm. if, if you let every single little thing, I mean, we all want every meal to be perfect. We all mm-hmm. want everyone to be happy. There are people that don't want to be happy. There are mm-hmm. details that are out of your control. You know, when sewage is spewing out of the sump pump in the basement in mm-hmm. the middle of service, um, it's spewing out of the sump pump and somebody's gotta take <laughs> care of it. And yeah. so um, it, it's, not, it's not a perfect world. And, and we're all a little OCD and we're all perfectionists mm-hmm. to a certain degree, a lot of people so more so than others. <laughs> and I feel like as I get older, I, 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 I get more OCD. Like, I, like things have to be in the right place for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it drives my wife crazy. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, you also have to just be able to walk away, mm-hmm. be able to go home and listen to music, have other passions you know record chopping is a great it was it was my escape when i'd do bad that's how my record collection started when i'd do (laughs) bad on a math test in college i'd go out and buy a bucket full of records and the same thing is true now like when i'm having a bad day i'll veer from one restaurant and I'll go to Reckless and I'll record shop for an hour and I'll walk out with 10 records and...
0: It feels great, right? Yeah, it feels great. I miss that. I haven't gone and sorted through stacks for a long time but I really... Oh God, there was a place in in Vermont that I used to go to and it was just such a haven. I would go there and, you know, I like a particular genre of British indie pop and they had such a trove there and it was amazing but I was a jerk and told somebody else about it and they went and bought everything up and then it was, you know, it's like a ramp patch. You got to leave something there for for somebody else, but I remember the particular way my hands would get dirty going through bins.
1: Yeah, I remember one of the first albums in that situation that I bought you mentioned British indie pop. I don't know I don't think it's pop, but it was uh Power Corruption and Lies by New Order. You know that album with <gasps> the flowers on the cover? Okay, can I
0: tell you? That something? is such a great album. Okay. So we um have this place upstate. Um, We had, uh, before I met him more than 20 years ago, my husband bought this Gothic stone Episcopal church from 1854. It's amazing. And it's their weekend haven. The rectory next door to it became available last year and we bought that too. Holy cow. We were thinking about how to decorate it. And he's like... Wouldn't it be great to have like a floral in the hallway, something like the cover of Power Corruption and Lies? And I was like, why don't we just do that? <laughs> we got the wallpaper made into a mural and so we have that as uh, that is the hallway is the cover of Power Corruption Lies. That's hilarious.
1: Alive. <laughs> and also music in a rectory, you know, the sound. Oh yeah. You know, I think about, you know, it's like the concept for Big Star, it's 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 argued, but how that you know, I worked for Rick Bayless, I cooked Mexican food, but my wife and I used to have these epic parties for the staff of the restaurants and we just yeah. had blackbird and a and i had uh, these big old clip speakers called hearsay but they're loud speakers big paper yeah. cone really open airy sound old school uh horn mid-range and tweeter and i would drag those out in the in the backyard oh. and i would dj for the parties and it was a potluck and they, they were legendary parties super fun oh my god I love um that. and when it, when we got that gas station space it was like Number one, we don't want to fuck it up. We don't want to yeah. make it something it's not. And I want that like airy, beautiful, light sound in there. It's like the rectory sound. It's like a it, oh. it, little, little echoey, just beautiful. It'd be a great place to listen to music. Oh my,
0: sh- the the uh, the church sanctuary is because uh, it's got like thirty foot ceilings, and wow. my husband's such an audiophile, so um, listening to New Order in there is. Such an incredible thing! I got to see them live a few years ago um, with Johnny Marr in oh, Vegas cool. outside, and it, it was probably one of the best shows I've ever seen. It's such a, it's such a thing. They're still touring. Bernard's voice isn't the same, but it's still great. Awesome. It's, but you have to have these things. You have
1: to. Yeah. And and yeah, I mean, I, I think everyone does. I I just I. I I have a lot of them. <laughs> it's,
0: it's so important because it, there is that mentality. You meet some of the chefs and they're like, you know, how dare you do anything other than, you know, cook until you fall down. And then yeah, but come on, I, man. it's not it's not healthy. It's not good. You and I have both definitely seen people fall into that and not make it through. And it's,
1: it's uh, certainly I, not for me. No. <laughs> and
0: but I want to you. You've, you continue to have this really great career and stuff. And remain relevant. That's the thing. It's like you have managed to remain relevant, and I think that's the secret sauce that people really want to know about. So how is it that you have managed to do uh, this for uh, having all this – you've you've never closed a restaurant, have you?
1: Uh, We reconcepted a restaurant recently, but that was the first one.
0: How do you – Still, uh, continue to do that because I know so many publications. I mean, I'm, you know, guilty of this. All food publications are guilty of this. New, what is new, the new new now yep. next? You know, and what is? How do you have these places that remain in place and you open new things and people are excited about it?
1: Yeah, you know, I I, I think we're we're fortunate enough that we have a uh, a good formula. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's not a formula, and it's a good formula <laughs> yeah. all at the same time. But we we have a. A great collaborative team. You know, my business partner Terry Alexander um, owns this bar called Danny's Tavern in Chicago, which is one of the. It, before I knew him, I used to go there, and it's one of the coolest neighborhood bars in the history of the world. Um, but he's a he's a barman. He's a restaurant man. Um, he's got a really incredible perspective. Um, he's got great taste in music, and we go see rock shows together. You know, Donnie has this incredible sense of style, mm-hmm. and he has his perspective um, and his ideas about hospitality. Um, my business partner Edward um uh, came from Romania. You know, we were just upstairs, and the, the gal looked at his wine list from our newest place, Cafe Concal, and she's like, "This wine list is incredible!" <laughs> and we're like, "He's the guy that does the the Avec wine list, and has been doing it for fifteen years, oh, wow. and it's really." you know we do we have an island wine series that we do there i'm getting i'm getting off the track but and then there's thomas schlusher who is our architect and his wife claire um our graphic designer jason pickleman um, we've worked together with this team and and everyone's input is a gigantic and important part of the final product. Yeah. And we trust people and we trust their, I mean, Jason did this incredible graphic for Cafe and Colin. It's like the, the menu paper is this beautiful watercolor, like washed out watercolor. They look like clouds. Um, and it, I just saw it the first time. I was like, I love this. I'm insane about it. Oh, and so I, I think, you know, so, someone will propose an idea and we'll, we'll work the idea over in every way, shape, and form. We'll work it from, and the design that Thomas puts forth gets worked and worked and worked. And we go over every detail of it um, to make it what we think is going to ultimately be successful. Um, so for, for till now, that's been our, our plan. And, you know, now my, my tune is, in all honesty, I think um, that you're born with a finite bucket of creativity and, and it's due to outside stimuli, like all mm-hmm. the shit that pushes on you, all the pressures, you know, life, money, uh, the president, you know, all that stuff, uh, you know, our planet, all that yeah. stuff that weighs so heavily on me personally, um, limits my creativity. It's like, mm-hmm. I can't think about that, man. I can't think about anything. The planet's burning up, right. you know? And so, um, you gotta fill the battery back up. Yeah. So, so that's where, um, great collaborative relationships with people that come up through our kitchens and in other kitchens and in other restaurants mm-hmm. is so important. And we're a collaborative community in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, with us, I, I, I think I can poke and prod, um, and, and, and I think I still have great ideas. Um, but I have a lot of shit to do every day. And mm-hmm. so, um, if there's a young, uh, a young chef that's working for me to empower them and say, Hey, this is, this is the way I see it. Run with it. Yeah. You know, I was just talking with uh, Alec Walker, who's the chef at Cafe Call, and he's like, yeah, Paul will be like, hey, man, I, I think you should do this. And I th- this would be cool with it, but if you want to do it differently, go for it. And I, and I cool. always I always leave him that window to interpret it in his way. And I know there are times where I'll say something, he'll try it and be like, this, this, <laughs> this sucks. And it, it's not a complete vision. It's, yeah. it, it's, something, it's a starting point. And so I think... Um, I think I think that's important. You know, I, I learned from working with Rick Bayless mm-hmm. how important it is every day to continually sort of squeeze the towel, if you will. You know, look at every aspect of your restaurant and continually improve upon it. Uh, make sure it's fresh. Uh, look at things with eyes wide open and say, how can I make this better? You know, I've, I've, I've taught the lesson to so many chefs. Like you're cooking in a line with someone and you see the cat next to you do something and you're like, oh, that doesn't feel right. And you're like, it's okay though. And I, I, I learned a long time ago, you gotta be like, Hey, mm-hmm. th- that's not the way that's not the way we want to do it. And it'll deal be, with that
0: emotion and... it,
1: it'll be much better if you do it like this, and this is why. And I, I think consistency, I think a high level of hospitality, mm-hmm. I think all those things combine. I mean it's not easy. It's 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 a ton of work. Um but ultimately it's um incredible relationships with partners, um, with key team members, uh, with regular guests in our community. Um I think it's Being passionate for me, being like truly passionate about food, like we're not looking at like what's going to be the next cool thing. We're looking at what we're really excited about because it's delicious and uh, or or culturally significant or any of those things, you know. And I think our chemistry that we have as partners um, and as a company sort of promotes that.
0: I love that. I mean, it it really it, it comes across the the sort of like team mentality of this, and I. You know, I'm thinking again of this meal that I had that, um, Mark omaricantu put together where it was like this Voltron of like great Chicago chefs and their dishes. And I felt so spoiled because I got to have like, I still remember Mindy Siegel made this savory pot pie. I'm trying to remember exactly what Matt Merges made that night. Cause I was sort of deer in the headlights. I can't believe this food is happening to me. And he, he became one of my favorite chefs in the world that night. because He's he was, one of my
1: favorite chefs too. You know,
0: so good. Like I love, I got to go to you show in, um, in Las Vegas, and mm-hmm. he happened to be there that night. And it was it was such a weird thing seeing like such a who I think of as a Chicago guy like in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was such a weird thing. But.
1: He's he's a spectacular, intense, uh focused human being. I mean, you look at I, mean, I know we're not here to talk about Matt, but I think 15 years in Charlie Trotter's kitchen, yeah. um and man, you want to you want to uh, hear some stories? Holy mackerel! Um, there, there's I've, a there's a, so. a memoir there. A memoir of memoirs. <laughs> but, um, you know, Matthias and I uh, founded a, a group called Pilot Light in Chicago. We, we worked oh, together. Oh,
0: yes. Talk, to, talk about that. Yeah. Because I think it's so great.
1: Like, I, I, it, it was it an was interesting um, uh, happening. You know, Matt, Matt called me on the phone and he said, hey, my, my daughters go to Disney 2 Magnet School in Chicago I really want to introduce some food curriculum um, in the classrooms. Um, would you be willing to do that with me? And I was—he's like the old school guy. You're like, yeah, anything you want. I mean, mm-hmm. we're great friends, and, and 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 plus, it's really needed. And, and at the same time, I was invited to go cook on the White House lawn for. <laughs> um, which regime for was this? Michelle Obama, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, President Michelle Obama, for the, for the Let's Move campaign. And yeah. so a group of us cooked on the lawn, and then she had invited um, like 800 culinary professionals oh, to D.C. Wow. To talk oh, I about—
0: Remember this happening, yeah.
1: Yeah, to talk about what they're doing um, um, in schools around the country. And I kind of walked away from there. There was a, a, like seven or eight Chicagoans, and we all had a beer after. And I it was kind of scratching my head, and I was like, you know, people are doing great stuff. I don't know how that translates to me. And so I got back and organized an event in Chicago where I reached out to as many um, of the organizations that were working with children in schools as I could and sort of did this meet and greet. Invited all the chefs in Chicago and said, come learn what all these organizations are doing and see how you Mm -hmm. can help. That morning, Matt and I met before that for coffee. We sat through the event and afterwards we said, nobody's focusing on curriculum. Nobody's using curriculum as a tool to teach kids the common core subjects, not about nutrition and about food, although that comes with that, but using food to get kids excited um, about learning math, science, social studies, all that stuff. It's
0: all of those things. It's a lens for every one of those things.
1: Yeah, it's it's everything. Food relates to everything. Mm -hmm. And so we started 10 years ago, Um, Matthias, myself, Um, One of the most talented chefs in Chicago, a young man named Jason Hamill, who has a restaurant called Lula. (laughs) Yes. Um, uh, We started, and he's also, Jason has, went to Brown. He's brilliant. Um, He's a real visionary, um, both in the food world and in the food education world. Mm -hmm. And we've grown to the point where we have an executive director. We have a a fairly large staff. We have an executive board, which I've been relegated to. (laughs) Um, um, But it's an incredible organization that... um, well, we evolved it. We were actually cooking in the schools for almost five years, and we had chefs joining us. We developed curriculum with the teachers together, and we got to a point where we figured out that chefs are not the right guys to depend on to grow this program. Mm-hmm. And so we came up with the brilliant idea um, not we, but people on our board came up with the idea of creating an institute that teachers, teachers, teaches teachers how to teach our programs in schools and so wow. and and the best we've formed a cohort the best of those teachers stay in the cohort and continue to develop lessons with us so um, they ha- they have their eyes on that lens they understand uh, what works in the classroom they're they're trained in writing curriculum and so this group is growing um and like i said we have we got our first usda grant this year oh congratulations um, yeah we, we we do an event every year called feed your mind it's november 1st where we get the greatest chefs in chicago all the big names to cook for tables of 20 uh, it sells out super fast wow. every year we raise a lot of money
0: what's the ticket price for that
1: um you know what i i'm ashamed to say i don't know i want to say maybe it's 250 per person
0: sounds like a bargain yeah, honestly um
1: <laughs> Uh, but that being said um right now we touch about five thousand children a year, and we're um we're we're we have a growth plan in place that's gonna touch a lot more over time and for me, you know, I always go back to there are a lot of problems in chicago mm-hmm. you know it's it's like planned segregation yeah. crime, you know all the murders and stuff that happen really the only way you know all the all it's the problems in the world right now, you horror. know yeah you know the planet burning up uh, you, you gotta Teach children about the importance of all these issues, and ultimately, we're we're we're, we're making better people. Yeah. That's the way we look at it. We're not making foodies. We're not. I mean, we, we we like teach affirmative action. We teach conscience. We teach all those things. And I and I feel the same way about you know a generation of cooks that have worked in in our kitchens. Um, we're we're trying to teach them that giving back to the community is so paramount to our success. Um, it's not advertising. It's giving back to the community. You know, we have uh, you know. We organize field trips where the whole staff of the public goes to the Chicago Food Depository and and, and does a field trip where we give back to the community. And so that's a real defining characteristic of our company. Um, A lot of the chefs, you know, volunteer and help out with Pilot Light um, and and other things that they're passionate about. And so I, I think, you know, full circle, all that is what continues to keep our company and make us relevant keep our company relevant.
0: That's gorgeous. That makes oh, me thanks. really happy. So I have a few questions that I ask everybody who comes through here because I love finding out people's different takes on that. We're, so we're going to have a little Oprah moment. Oprah. <clears throat> yes. Well, because she uh, brought the whole, um, I don't remember who the person was who actually did The Secret. But the, <laughs> but the, I, I believe though in, in The Power of... Um, Figure out the thing that you want, saying it out loud so other people can help you with it. What is the selfish thing that you want for yourself that you can speak out into the universe now? And maybe somebody listening to this can be like, "Oh, I can help them get there." Long term, short term, can be anything, but it can be selfish.
1: Oh man, that that cannot be. I, I hate to be. I hate to go John Lennon on you, but peace. Yeah,
0: I mean, internal, external, all of the above. You
1: can all help <laughs> with peace, right? <laughs> Take a breath.
0: <laughs> it's it's not hard to not be a dick to someone. <laughs> I think it uh, starts at that level.
1: Um, You know, like, I've just witnessed some road rage recently. People are, they're animals. It's like... Yeah. Uh, that reminds me of a quick story. Yeah, bring it. You know, I used to, have, when I had my first cooking job, I had a, at the time I had a 1965 VW microbus. Oh, hell yeah. I, I had a ponytail too, but... What color was the bus? Uh, it was two-tone green. Okay. It was, the bottom was... Um, I forget what they called it. The top was called sand green. It was almost white, but it was green. Mm -hmm. It was a beautiful, beautiful uh, vehicle. But anyways, I was at an intersection and I was making a left-hand turn off of... Wells Street onto LaSalle in Chicago. And I was the third car in the stack, and it was a beautiful summer day. I'm not wearing, you know, I'm, I'm driving barefoot, of course. I know I'm creating a <laughs> real hippie dippy <laughs> picture. Um, I'm a fat guy with a crew cut now, but um, I'm making a left hand turn, and the, the guy that's waiting to go in the other direction has got like a seven series beamer, power suit on, okay. you know, black curly hair. He's like probably a trader, really pumped <laughs> up. And, you know, I'm listening to, I'm probably listening to the feelies. And, <laughs> I make the left-hand turn way after the light has turned red, and the guy just goes berserk, like his head's going to (laughs) explode. He's yelling at me, and we make eye contact, and I just shoot him the bird. (laughs) And I say, just go fuck yourself. (laughs) And so I I pull over. I I, I look in my rearview mirror, because I'm like, this guy's coming after me. And he zigzags the 7 Series Beamer, does an illegal U-turn. He's hot on my tail, like a block away. I pull over. I open the door, I get out, no shoes on, and I walk up to the guy and I go, dude, if you don't simmer down, you're going to have a freaking heart attack. Take it easy, man. <laughs> and the guy just looked at me and he froze because he was going to kill me. Yeah. He froze and he said, you're right, man. <gasps> Got back in his car, closed the door and drove away. Swear to God. I mean, I was like, it was like self-preservation <laughs> and the guy was a giant muscle head. I was really scared.
0: Oh my God. So he might've been like roided up.
1: I think he was ro- <laughs> I, think he, I think he was it up, but um, yeah, I don't know why I told that story. Yes, but.
0: All, my former colleague Sarah Sarah LaTrent and I, and she's I'm actually going to see her tonight. We have a thing JBCM, which stands for Just Be Cool, man.
1: I, I <laughs> it works in a lot. It, of it would solve a lot of problems.
0: It would. Oh my gosh! So, what is your comfort food?
1: I mean, everyone probably says it, but I'm, I love roast chicken.
0: It is really, and would would you make it? Would you want somebody to Waxman comes to your house and make? That's okay. Um, no, I'm
1: I'm happy to make it. I I I, I love making roast chicken. Do you actually. ever take
0: it home from the restaurant or?
1: Um no. Okay. Make it at home.
0: Nice. Same way that you do it at Publican, or
1: same way that I do it in the Cooking for Good Times book. People That's, pick up a copy of Cooking that, for that, Good Times. I'm not being that guy, but it's it was. Uh, started as Joel Robichon's grandmother's roast chicken oh recipe. My God, that's and, not going to be bad. At and, all. and over the ten or twelve years that I've been making it, it's mm-hmm. morphed into my roast chicken recipe. Mm. Similarities, but I do some things differently.
0: I can't wait to make this. Oh God, it's easy. I love I love making roast chicken, and it it's such an act of love.
1: Yeah, you know, in the in the roasting pan, you coarse chop up a whole lemon and yeah. do half a head of a garlic split horizontally, mm-hmm. and you put a little water in there, and then all the butter and all the olive oil that you slather all mm-hmm. over the chicken kind of leaks in there and mixes with the water and the garlic, and the lemons get burnt, oh. and it creates this incredible action in the, in the pan that it, it's a good recipe. That's really, really good. <laughs>
0: I am making that this weekend. Nice. What is the last meal that you had that made you emotional?
1: Oh, man. Um... That's a really difficult question.
0: It's funny with these questions, which people find are the harder ones, and um, uh,
1: I, I can't answer that. I I, yeah. I, I, it's been a while, maybe.
0: Yeah, if it comes back to you, yeah, we let can let me keep thinking about. It oh, to... you know
1: what? Um, when I every fall I go up to my cabin to to musky fish and. Um, There's a place called Angler's, and they have a Friday (laughs) night fish fry. Oh, God. Like um, a Catholic
0: style, like.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they they serve baked beans with the fried fish, which I'm a baked (laughs) bean-aholic. But they serve uh, fish that is not prized. I mean, everyone wants walleye. Yeah. uh, But they serve northern pike. um, And it's. Kind of gamey and incredibly delicious, mm. and it sort of harks back to like an early childhood memory. My dad had a, a delicatessen, and the guy named Billy Argovich that repaired the refrigeration had a cabin up in Wisconsin. And I was there as a kid, and Billy's son was waiting in the shallows and lunged into the water and hurled out a huge northern pike with his hands. Oh wow! Um, that's uh, of note. But really, what's <laughs> of note is uh, his dad butchered it and cut it into these nice little cubes and breaded it and fried it and it was the most delicious I I may have been four years old, Mm -hmm. but it's so ingrained in my in my mind I like more, more. Just keep keep bringing like I loved green beans as a kid. I, I loved fried fish after that first time that i had it yeah. and so um i always it's the second time that i've gone to anglers to have the northern pike specifically and it, it makes me pretty emotional like this is so good i oh, can't even believe it
0: oh my god i love like a friday fish fry like grew up catholic and they would have yep. that during lent especially and they had mac and cheese the thickest tartar sauce ever yeah. and oh my god I love yeah it that's so it much. what is the last meal that somebody cooked for you in their home
1: Uh, could it be my home? My wife cooks nope. for me all the time. It got to be somebody else's home.
0: People are afraid to cook for chefs, so chefs don't get cooked for.
1: Um oh, uh again I'm I'm you know the Northwoods are a big part of my life right now but <laughs> I we love have, that. we have these great friends Brian and Susan um who are fascinating people. Uh Susan's from Jordan, Brian's from Presque Isle, Wisconsin. Um and uh she her mother has taught her, she's a great Middle Eastern cook. Mm-hmm. And they come over for when I cook Japanese food. You know, um we'll have them over a few times um over the course of the time we spend up there and um they invited us over and probably the in, in addition to really great, you know, the meze section where yeah. you kinda oh, hang out. Love. Um and another cool thing is uh Brian and a buddy actually harvest lake ice. What? Yeah, I mean that's where ice came from. It came yeah. from lakes and they're they're into the old traditions and so that's they'll awesome. cut a giant chunk out of ice so up at our cabin now, I have for for my for my whiskey, I have a giant chunk of lake ice in the freezer, and I just crack a chunk off with an ice pick, and it it it's alarmingly incredible. It makes you want to drink more whiskey than you normally would. I really like um, whiskey, <laughs> but but in addition to the great meze section and the the whole meal was wonderful uh the lake ice in the in the cocktail was pretty
0: spectacular oh i love that as a detail this is such a beautiful thing (laughs) so i think this question is tailor-made for you which living musician who you haven't cooked for would you what would who would you want to cook for and what would you cook for them wow
1: living musician
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i had to narrow it down or everybody's (laughs) throwing back
1: um I, I I I know that Willie is alive. I've never cooked for Willie Nelson. You would not be
0: the only person to say Willie on this podcast. <laughs> and I was going to say, I
1: was also going to say, um, I think Herbie Hancock is still alive. <gasps> yeah. And I love, I'm a big Herbie Hancock fan. Yeah. It doesn't matter what I would cook. Um, <laughs> it, it it really doesn't. Uh, it would be, it would honestly be something simple. Yeah. Um, hopefully, it would be in the in the summer at my house, and mm-hmm. I could pull a lot of stuff out of the garden. Yeah. Um that's super fresh and simple. That that, that that's that'd be it. I maybe you know, I have a, a rotisserie on my yard in the grill. I might rotisserie a big chunk of meat. That's always fun. Um but I'm 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 it, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Willie, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah so
0: Willie and Dolly come up a lot. Really? I yeah.
1: I, I like Dolly a lot. Uh. I also like Snoop Dogg a lot.
0: I'm trying to remember if Snoop Dogg has come out, but he's such a food person, and yeah. I love that. And I feel like if you wanted to cook for Snoop Dogg, you could absolutely cook for Snoop Dogg.
1: I don't know about that, but
0: oh my gosh, I hope that happens for you. And final question: You have five uninterrupted minutes for self care. What do you do?
1: Five interrupted On, minutes.
0: Yeah, just no. Your everything's taken care of at the restaurant. Like you don't have to be looking at your phone.
1: It's it's got to be five minutes.
0: Five minutes, your quickie thing, so people can think like, "Oh, maybe I can do that too." You can go. I'll give you ten.
1: <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, uh, uh, the the biggest self care thing for me, and it's not a five minute thing, has been exercise.
0: Yeah. Any particular kind? Um,
1: all different kinds. Mm-hmm. Uh, just healthful eating and exercise. I go to a, a gym in Chicago and do cardio and do just sort of a functional array of fitness things and you know that would be back to our discussion about um, mental health and kitchens so many of the people in our kitchens I'm like man exercise is an incredible thing and it can just chase away so many demons Mm -hmm. Um, and don't drink Um, that combination don't drink and and exercise are incredible together
0: do you know about the commodore run club Mm-mm. This is so great. Um so Philip Speer, who has, you know, been super public about his, you know, struggles with addiction and, and stuff. And he actually had him on the podcast recently. Um, this new restaurant he has in Austin uh Commodore. Like they have got the team together and they have a, a running club That's awesome. of people. So it's for sobriety and exercise, and I think it's a pretty great thing.
1: That's great. Uh my answer to the question um is, you know, I, I too am a colossal audiophile. Like hmm Um, like have been cult- cultivating my gear yeah. um for feels like a century. Um, but I would play a record and there's a lot of ones I think the and it's probably right at about five minutes, but there's a song by Bill Evans. Mm-hmm. The late great Bill Evans called Peace Peace. P I E C E P E A C E. Peace mm. Peace. It's one of the most tranquil, beautiful things that I've ever heard. And I mean, talk about like a incredibly troubled individual with tons of addiction problems um, but it's it's the perfect the perfect song, oh, so that's what I'd play.
0: I think the whole me- the whole message of all this is peace. <laughs> Whether <laughs> yeah. you're yelling at at or <laughs> roiding up like finance do, <laughs> yeah. or listening to some Bill Evans, I think that's a pretty great way to go. Thank you so much for coming in. Yeah, an honor. And if people wanna find you on on social media, they can.
1: Uh, I'm I'm uh, on Instagram <laughs> at Paul Kahn, I believe. Okay. At Chef Falcon, I don't even know. I'm <laughs> such a loser. Uh, they could just email me. Um,
0: <laughs> but they, and they can come to again, give us a laundry list of the well, restaurants. Well, they could, <laughs>
1: our, 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 um, I mean, uh, laundry list of importance www.pilotlightchefs.org. Mm-hmm. Um, you could learn about the organization and, and, and start a similar one of your own and uh, change our world. Uh, number two would be um, one-off hospitality is the yeah. name of our company. You can just Google search that and see all the restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and then let's tell you some books here. It's is it out yet? Is yeah, it, it came out. out?
1: I, okay. You didn't see the awesome uh, piece in the Wall Street Journal last Saturday. I did not. It's a feature.
0: Oh hey! <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: actually. such a name dropper, but it was um, uh, about cooking for good times. Beautiful. And. Um, that one came out October fifteenth.
0: Okay, because I'm so used to getting cookbooks and I'm like, oh, when's this out? Oh, April of next year or something like that. So people.
1: So we're behind the eight ball. We got to get it to go, you sooner.
0: Go to your independent bookseller. Absolutely. And by the, is there a bookstore in Chicago that you especially? Eat?
1: Uh, yeah, Sandmeyer. Yeah. Go to Sandmeyer. Hope they have it, Sandmeyer. They will. Yeah.
0: <laughs> get it, and if uh, I, I just, it's 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 such a beautiful thing, and I really hope people cook from it. I know I'm going to make that chicken. Awesome. Are there any baked beans in it?
1: No baked beans in the book. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that will be your your next book. It's a baked bean book.
1: Uh, you know I'm uh, two and done. No more Paul <laughs> Kahn cookbooks. Uh, that's going to be for for all all the kids. They're gonna the cookbooks, <laughs> Greg Wade and Ryan Pfeiffer and Perry Hendricks and mm-hmm. all the. The great chefs in the company are hopefully going to... Erling Wubauer are going to do cookbooks yeah. next.
0: Go out and get that Dana Cree uh, book as well. <laughs> Her ice cream book is... yeah, It's it's good, good stuff. It's so, great. Yeah, find anybody in Paul Kahn's empire, go buy their book, eat at their restaurants, all this stuff. But Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Oh my gosh. And thank you to our producers, Jennifer Martnick and Hallie Tarpley. I pronounced it right this time. <laughs> thank you to Douglas Wagner for our delightful theme song um if you want to find more about communal table oh my gosh you can go to wherever any of the stuff is is streaming and you know what helps if you give us a star rating or, or write a review or any of that kind of stuff it helps us pop up in the algorithm and more people can find us and listen to it and if you want to talk to me about who you want to hear from stuff you want to hear about I'm easy to find I'm on Twitter at kitten with a whip pretty responsive on there and uh, yeah it's uh you I, I want to keep having these conversations and uh that it helps an awful lot um you can also go to foodandwine.com and especially if you go to foodandwine.com fwpro sign up for the food and wine pro newsletter it's full of all kinds of tidbits about the business and also about taking care of yourself thank you so much and take care of yourself till the next time go make a roast chicken